This is why small business matters from Northumbria University, supporting small businesses with the Help to Grow Management Programme. Welcome back to this episode of Why Small Business Matters. My name is Matt Sutherland. In today's episode, we talk about software and breaking tradition. Today, I'm joined by Kevry, Cornish-based SME. Kevry is a fast-growing edtech business who builds software to help universities effectively capture their social and economic value, allowing them to maximise their impact as well as unlocking valuable public funding. An incredibly skilled team, Kevry was founded by three female founders who have made their mark on what is traditionally a highly male-orientated industry. Having just come to the end of their first year of trading, they have already secured significant investment from a UK innovation accelerator and worked with more than 10 universities to pilot and test their products. I'm thrilled to be joined by Corin, Emily and Natalie to hear more about Kevry starting a software business and searching for that right angel investor. Welcome to uh, this episode of the podcast. It's absolutely thrilled to have you on uh, on today. And um yeah, and to continue our conversation. So by way of background, you all met in Falmouth, didn't you? Um, why Falmouth University? Why did you all decide to locate there? It's a good question. Well, I was actually already there. I'd just come out of my undergrad. So I I studied graphic design and then um, discovered this entrepreneurship master's and I was, you know, already in, already in Cornwall, um, loved Cornwall, loved the community around it. And the course just sounded amazing. Entrepreneurship, real, real life learning, applying it to a business and also learning about the theory behind entrepreneurship as well. And it just sounded amazing. Yeah, same, same here. Um, before that, I was actually in Malaysia. Um, I was an education journalist there. And I saw the course online while I was writing for universities. And then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try and be a businesswoman. <laughs> so I came back uh, straight into Falmouth and I loved it. And I met these two lovely ladies. Brilliant. So Corin was already there. Emily, you came all the way from Malaysia to Falmouth. Nat, were you already there or did you also make the uh, make the journey? Yeah, no, I, um, I made the journey as well. So I was looking for an opportunity um, to sort of study and start a business and having a look at the different courses that were available around the UK. And the one in Falmouth just kind of jumped out to me. Um, it was given as an opportunity to move somewhere that was, you know, a really beautiful area of the country. And it was given as the education and the business side. So, yeah, it just made complete sense um, to join that course. Mm. So you all mention about this degree course, don't you? And for those who are sort of looking from the outside, looking in, university courses are pretty linear. You study and you do your course and then you finish and you graduate. But actually yours was different. This was a MSc in entrepreneurship where you had to you had to start your own business. And you, and you didn't know each other beforehand. So you were sitting in a room. Tell us a little bit more about how how that conversation came about when you sort of looked at each other and thought, right, we're going to have to set up a business and um, and go with this. Yeah, we were just pushed together. We didn't know each other before. Um, and within within kind of, I don't know, a couple of weeks, we were we were starting a business together. That's just kind of how it went. Um, I think it was maybe a part luck that we just all kind of worked well together Um Obviously, since then has been a lot of hard work and driven 
women trying to make the best out of this business but at the beginning it was very much like we're thrown together we're in the middle of Cornwall what are we doing <laughs> um so yeah there was an aspect of that but it yeah it was a it was a twofold course so it was you do the masters but it was also um like a business incubation um program so um yeah you're funded to start your own business um, so you're doing that on long, alongside learning what you're, what you're doing in the theories, which worked really well. Yeah, and so this is a, this is brilliant. This is not, you talked about moving um, to Cornwall, but you were already working. You were on the other side of the desk, weren't you? You were already um, an academic in higher education, and you left and you came onto this program. Um, and I imagine quite quickly, while joining this group with Emily and with Corin, you were your head must have been buzzing. You were probably thinking about different theories and different case studies and different businesses that you'd, you'd read about that you were you wanted to follow. Was that, was that the case? Was it putting theory into practice? Absolutely. So I worked in academia and then I went travelling. So I actually seen both sides of the coin. Um, I could see the theories, the models. And then travelling, I was able to kind of see like the real life experiences. And for me, it just made sense to try and bring those two things together. I could see there was a massive gap um, so, yeah, I came down to Cornwall, joined the course, really didn't have much idea what we were getting ourselves into and certainly had no idea how intense this would be for the rest of our days together. But ultimately, I arrived, I met the girls um, and we just hit it off. You know, we all come from um, very sort of similar passions. We all want to make social change. And yeah, it, it just made complete sense. Um, there's not another team that I would have wanted to have even been involved with. And I think we were definitely one of the strongest from our cohort. And so many people compliment us on that all the time. So I think to build this business, um, I just couldn't imagine doing it with any other people, to be honest. Well, your business certainly has personality. Now, you've all got different backgrounds. And we talked about Corin working in graphic design. And of course, Emily being a bit of a wordsmith and, and, and having that journalism skills. And of course, Natalie coming from um, coming from higher education and having that um, having that um, theoretical and practical experience. Um, but what what else brings you together? You know, you talk about social impact. What else is sort of um, what other synergies do you have in your sort of in your personalities that make Kevry such a successful, uh, successful business? I think there's there's multiple skills within the team. And while we see things similar, we also bring some very different qualities and skill sets. So it's not just about, you know, wanting to make change and wanting to see the world in a better place or, you know, trying to bring research to life. But it's about being able to support the universities and the academics and just being able to see what's going on in the real world. You know, so much of this just gets swept under the carpet or it's not recorded, it's not reported. And actually going out and speaking to people um, as a team, you know, we find that very easy. We enjoy sort of listening to others and communicating but I think amongst the team, you know, we, we all respect each other and we, we allow each person to bring their unique and different perspectives to the table without, you know, making anybody think, oh, that was a stupid idea or, you know, what what do you mean by that? So I think that's definitely one of the core qualities within our team. Yeah, the openness and the, the ability just to have some really good friends as a trusted sounding board without, you know, without having the fear of feeling silly or, um, or, or, or getting things wrong. And I think that is a really creative, you are a really creative team, and especially from knowing you for nearly a year now, I think that that is 
booming coming out of your business and in, in the three of you. I think it's a serious quality. Um, I want to touch on a bit a point that Corin made earlier, and actually this is some, and I was this is something that I I was uh, not aware of because I was going to say. You know, you set this business up in Cornwall and I looked yesterday on how long it would take to get from Newcastle upon Tyne to Cornwall. And it was a good it was a good eight hours in the car. And and if you think about developing a business, especially a software business from the outside looking in, you wouldn't think of Falmouth or Cornwall being that kind of mecca for um, fostering a software business. But actually, you would think of London potentially or even Exeter or Bristol. But um I was wrong there. Well, tell me a little bit about the scene then in, in, in tech transfer within within Cornwall. Yeah, it's certainly, I mean, it's not nearly the same size as somewhere like London, but it's growing. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of funding and a lot of people who really want to get that kind of tech cluster really sort of booming in the way that it could be. You know, there's 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 the spaceport in Cornwall, there's loads of sort of tech hubs that are um really have amazing companies and people working within them um and I think as well for us um we started the course and then it was still kind of COVID time it was near the tail end but there was I think there was another lockdown and we were all kind of remote um and it just kind of made us realize that we're based in Cornwall. That's that's where our company was founded. That's that's where we always kind of belong, I guess. But actually, our software developer is in Leeds, or you know, we've we've had people that have worked with us in London. So it's actually we really are everywhere. <laughs> we can be anywhere, and it's realizing the freedom that COVID has created on the back end of that in terms of remote working has been has been incredible for us and we're really trying to use that sort of hybrid approach of you can't we really don't think you can replace that kind of sitting in a room and being on a big piece of paper and drawing your ideas and all of that thing we love that but actually having the freedom of being able to work remotely as well and also recruit people who aren't in your immediate county is just is just amazing i know natalie's talked about the problems of or the challenges of starting a business within COVID. And I think, you know, they are they were pretty obvious challenges. But actually, as you say, the future of work, remote working, is a bit of a blessing really as well, isn't it? Because it's just removed some of those traditional barriers, especially if you're based um, all the way down in the southwest. And it's the same for us in the northeast of England. You know, we're, north, we're 300 miles away from London, if you know, we talk about that central point. Um, what other ways, so you talk about recruitment, what other ways that remote working has helped your business within the first uh, the first 12 months? Oh, gosh. Um, I think for us, it was a blessing um, because for us to physically get to every single university or, you know, to, to find these people, it's, you know, they're complex beasts. It's often difficult to kind of get to the person you need to track in a uni. But we we just jumped on board and, you know, we became sort of members of different organizations we attended different webinars um you know we really started to use the digital space to identify who these key people were so it really drove us to like using online tools and systems and yeah I mean at one point we were meeting that many people you know we were in back-to-back calls all day and you just would not have got that you know we were talking to people from all over the place so it's not just England but you know other people as well outside of the country and it, it was just fantastic it just gave us the freedom that we needed to connect to the people we could at that time 
And I think using that opportunity throughout COVID, you know, we spent at least sort of like 14 months hidden behind a screen. And then for us, it was as soon as the restrictions were lifted, you know, we were off to the conferences, the meetings, and just seeing everybody as a real person, you know, and just like, wow, you know, we've spoke for over a year and this is the first time we've seen each other. So I think we've we've utilised the COVID um, scenario. And also, I think it's been absolutely fantastic to meet people face to face as well you fostered those relationships online and then of course you can meet face to face later down the road which has been uh, which is brilliant um tell us a little bit about um kevry then how did it how did it how did it come about what is kevry <laughs> yeah so kevry is ultimately um the the product the child the brand you know it, it's what the three of us it's energy that three of us put together um it's all of our passions combined into um one solution so ultimately kevry is helping purpose driven organizations to capture their social and economic value and I think as we're in these times now, it's so important, especially if there's like public funding or any investment, that organisations are really demonstrating the impact that they're creating with, you know, public money or an investor's money. So for us, it's really about supporting academics on the ground or employees that are really engaged with partners. Um, you know, they're really putting their heart and soul into research. They're sharing it with other third party organisations. And for us, it's like, wow, look at the difference that made. But when we sort of dig deeper into, you know, these wonderful activities that are occurring, there's just very little record of what happened, what the change was. And then again, when it comes to reapplying for any funding or bids, organisations find it difficult because they simply haven't got the evidence. So I guess for the three of us, we spotted a real gap um, in being able to demonstrate the hard work that's happening. So, yes, Kevry is a brand um, which is helping purpose-driven organisations, but ultimately our solution is to help to share knowledge and research with the wider community. Brilliant. And I wonder if I can bring Corin in here, because I wonder, uh, when looking and listening to Natalie there, are you? do you see yourself as Kevry offering products to the market and specifically the higher education market and we'll come on to that in a second or do you see yourself as a service provider for in this case the higher education sector which how do you view yourself i think ultimately we have a software solution which we feel is solving a lot of problems within this space around sort of impact evaluation and return on investment of funding um and that's I guess our our commercial model that that is Kevry as a solution. However, us as co-founders and us as a brand, I think is a lot bigger than that. Um, M does a lot of um, journalism for us around um, key topics around um, impact and um, universities and collaborations and research and innovation. So we're always trying to encourage best practice around being a purpose-driven organization and how to measure your impact um particularly at the minute there's so much more of a drive of kind of corporate social responsibility and um what's your environmental what's your social like what 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 difference are you making um so that's kind of i guess on our brand side but 
um we're kind of you know we're a startup we're trying to juggle lots of things at once um i think that's the thread that will go on um throughout the end of time of kefri is that kind of thread of impact and collaboration um and then you know our solution right now is focusing on higher education as you mentioned you've got clear values you've been trading for a year but none of you had worked in software before, had you? And you'd, you'd got a huge amount of support, as you've said, from from your local network in Cornwall and, of course, with the university at, at Falmouth University. Um, tell us a little bit more about, for those people who are listening who are maybe interested on the brink of setting up a business, How? tell us the eureka moment. When? Where were you when you sort of all got around the table and realised that actually the business that you were going to create, this Kevry brand, was going to be in software and it was going to be a software firm that was going to be aimed in this case initially to the higher education sector (laughs) (laughs) i guess the the incubator the launch pad itself you know is a very tech driven environment so they're very encouraging about spotting a problem finding a solution and then working with a very sort of lean approach um to kind of build something with your customers that's helping them to solve a problem so for us it was always at the start you know we were around the table we we were pen and paper we were really kind of getting the ideation out there but I think there comes a time and it certainly came to us quite early on in the masters that you know the ideation is great but we need to start you just have to start something it doesn't have to be perfect um, but we need to have something to grow with so yeah we, we started um, to create a really basic sort of MVP, uh, minimal viable product. And we just kind of built it from there. And it was using feedback from people within the sector. Um, We connected with quite a few universities and knowledge exchange leaders. And we really kind of got into, you know, speaking to the people that were so passionate about this field. And once we were able to take the customer's sort of input in, it then allowed us to build the product out. So, you know, we've always been speaking to people, we're always building. So when we started, it was, you know, an, an MVP. But actually now we're, we're solving, you know, multiple solutions with the product that we've been able to build and design. So I think, you know, technology, it's the driving force of the future. It Ultimately, I think we need humans and technology, but also the technology does help to speed up some of the processes so the areas that we've found that have been very difficult um, for people, the barriers, the blockages, you know, that's that's what we want to try and digitalise and just ultimately help them get their solution a lot easier. So I think for us, it's, you know, we, we fell into technology. Um, we're, we're here. Um, we've been to tech events. You know, we've, we've been signed up for tech awards. And, yeah, we're just really getting our heads into some of these really you know innovative ways of working that I don't necessarily think that we even knew about before so this is a learning journey for us and every person you know that helps us on this journey has given us something new something valuable to think about so yeah I think the technology was always going to be there but ultimately we're there as well as a team you know we're we're passionate we're hands-on and yeah we just we want to make change and that's how we do it. I actually remember like our very first before we even were building tech, like when it was just like an idea and we were like, let's try this thing. When we like uh, what we have now within the system is like we have like a matchmaking algorithm that matches kind of projects or some kind of funding input to 
impact metrics or impact evaluation and that kind of mapping we had in like documents and like spreadsheets at the very early stage and we were like let's just try this and we just did it people to people just in sort of consultation type environments and we tried it and we were like oh this actually this actually works really well and then once you put it in tech it's like okay this is a this is a legit thing now like we can we can match projects up to funding or match projects up to impact metrics within seconds and it's like wow we literally were doing this like as people um so that's that's really satisfying that we've kind of gone that really sort of organic route of um from from people to tech um so yeah it's kind of fun (laughs) no we spent about 12 months you know really researching the sector (laughs) so I think within that 12 months of COVID you know that just gave us a real chance to kind of get into the right the depths of it so I think although we were kind of you know spending a lot of time in that early initial stage doing research it certainly paid off for us You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. Find out how Northumbria University can help your business thrive through the Help to Grow Management Programme, delivered by leading small business and enterprise experts from Northumbria University with the support of leading figures from industry and experienced entrepreneurs. The programme supports senior managers of small and medium-sized businesses to boost their business's performance, resilience and long-term growth. The 12-week programme is 90% funded by the government and the fee payable by participants is £750 and has been designed to allow participants to complete it alongside full-time work. The in-depth, high-quality curriculum supports you to build your capabilities in leadership, innovation, digital adoption, employee engagement, marketing, responsible business and financial management. By the end of the programme, you'll develop a business growth plan to help you lead your business to realise its potential. To find out more about the programme, the modules, eligibility and fees and delivery dates, go to northumbria.ac.uk slash help to grow. Welcome back to Why Small Business Matters. I'm Matt Sutherland and today I'm joined by Corin, Emily and Natalie from Kevry, a fast growing edtech business who builds software to help universities effectively capture their social and economic value. In episode one of this podcast series, Caroline Theobald and Ollie Barrett talk about the importance of doing business with people. People do business with people, but you're in the software sector and actually probably an industry which is more commonly conducted on email and um, through more impersonal forms of communication. But actually what, you, what you've done is actually dismissed that label and more focused on your products and met with the people, even if it's remotely online, you've met with those people and had those face-to-face meetings to drive your products forward. And also you're three female founders. And as you, we know that it's fewer than 3% of tech firms have female founders. And have has there been any challenges there or any difficulties when pushing ahead with your, your business? Actually, um, so I've been to quite a lot of events this year. So one of them was Collision in Canada. And I went to a lot of women in tech lounges. And while I was there, actually, Kevry was really welcomed as an all-female team. And it was quite an empowering thing to experience to see so many other women who were in my position as, you know, um, someone that couldn't think they'd start a business or didn't have the skills to start a business. And I was telling them about our backgrounds and how we all came together. And it, it became quite a, a pinnacle, pinnacle moment, I think. Um, as an all-female team to see that you don't have to be a tech guru to do tech. You don't have to be 
you know, a software developer to, to create software. It's all about creativity and ultimately people. If there's a problem and you know that there's a solution needed to be had, you can come together and it doesn't matter your, your gender or, you know, wherever you come from. As long as you all share that common problem together, um, you can co- overcome the barriers together as well. So I think there are challenges. I would be lying to say there weren't. Um, meeting other women and, and hearing their experiences as well of, of gender bias in the workplace and how some people get faster track than other, other people, especially with investment. Um, we've also shared these challenges together. So I think it's a pretty strong all-female unit that we've got these experiences to share with each other and progress with each other. And I think it's it's a joy, really, to work with both of these uh, lovely ladies and to sort of spread the, the Kevry message internationally. It was great this year. Brilliant. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, and, and I think that's... Um... I mean, it's so refreshing to hear, especially that there is dedicated streams as well for women in tech. And um, and that is that's so important. And I also like the way that really you, you don't you would think that if you're going to go into the technology sector, you'd probably have to have some core training in that area. But actually, you just need to be able to find and locate the people who have got the skills that you don't. And you will complement them with your skills. And next thing you know, you're it sounds like you're moving forward. And actually, Kevry, you're moving forward at a rapid rate. You chose higher education, didn't you, as your initial market is your core customers um how did that come about natalie was that was that because you'd worked in higher education and you had contacts or was that just a natural fit yeah it was probably a bit of both to be honest the incubator launchpad is attached to obviously farmers university um i come from a higher education background and i have a, an understanding of some of the challenges um, when I was in academia, you know, the knowledge exchange framework wasn't there, um, although staff were already doing these knowledge exchange activities. So when we kind of all came together at the beginning in Launchpad, we were looking around, you know, what our experiences are, um, how we would see that universities could be like a catalyst for change. And I think, you know, the challenges that came out within COVID around, you know, sort of student learning and engagements and you know, how, how is the sector actually fulfilling some of these perhaps work placements or work experience opportunities? And then that kind of led us into this this thinking around, you know, corporate social responsibility and how that we believe that universities can ultimately completely transform the experience for so many students. And it kind of started from the student area. Um, you know, how are they getting the experience through COVID? What are they going to do? Are they going to build the skills? There's a gap between, you know, university and industry in terms of graduate outcomes. So we kind of spent, I would say, probably about three months just really working around those initial problems. Um Having had some experience in the sector and knowing that, you know, many of my colleagues have been doing some absolutely fantastic work, but nobody was even really aware of what was going on um, was obviously one of the key challenges I'd noticed in industry. But I think, you know, Corinne has come out of university. She was um, really involved in social activism. Um, She's been engaged with like social change projects as a graphic designer. So between that and then Emily actually writing for higher education um, and sharing and showcasing some of the great work that they're doing you know we, we kind of all had a very sort of high level overview but an understanding of the challenges in the background and I think what it was is that we were able to bring all of these challenges together. And Emily I think will sy- sympathise with this as well from 
her experience in higher education that actually universities are quite complicated things to to access and actually understanding where is the front door? Who do we speak to to be able to get our product under the nose of the right person? How, how did you go about that? Um, was it trial and error? Was it just sending emails or was it cold calling? What approach did you take? It was a domino effect, I think, with our team. At every call we had, we asked someone, you know, could you put us in touch with someone that you would know they'd be interested to talk about knowledge exchange? Um, An absolute domino effect. And I think from about five calls we made from, you know, searching people's emails on websites, came to about 50 to 60 calls at the end of COVID with with people all over the sector, um, from government to universities to um, other software solutions as well in the higher education sector. So I think we sort of took a snowball effect to our networking and it paid off tremendously. And were people receptive? Were people keen to, to hear from you? They were, because I think at the time we were studying and I think we treated it more as a research project. So we were sort of researching into the problems of knowledge exchange or um, <clears throat> academic social responsibility and I think the journalist in me also was very sort of digging into questions and, and finding out the answers. Um, and I think we sort of organically came to the solution together from mapping across maybe 50 to 60 interviews. We found one common denominator, which was the barrier of um, confusion around knowledge exchange and the fact that people can get funding for it. So, um, yeah, it was a very organic process, I'd say, that sort of started Kevry off. And when we talk about knowledge exchange, we're talking about an, an area of a sector which is about community practice. It's about different partners coming together to make economic and social impact um, for, for amongst organisations and universities. So this is about collaboration. And actually what Kevry is focusing on here is about measuring the impact of those collaboration projects because the more projects, the better quality the projects that universities have, the more public funding they can draw down from from the government. So there's a real incentive, isn't there, for universities to be known for doing really good knowledge exchange or really good partnership work. But there was a gap in the market, which was actually, well, how do you measure this? And actually, are you measuring everything that that you're doing? And I think I know from our perspective and when we first met, I think the answer was, no, we're not. <laughs> and actually, we don't even know who in the business is measuring it. So you're coming in and you're offering a service which you're holistically capturing all of that great activity with industry, with communities, social enterprises that universities can use to to um, as a narrative and to draw and to draw funding, which is which is brilliant. Is there anybody else who's coming into this space? Is anyone else seeing you and think, oh, they're onto something good? <laughs> We've had we've had definitely people um, come up to us, haven't we, at fairs, trade shows, and from other companies. But it's also funny; it's not just other companies; it's also businesses and NGOs that have come up to us. It's not just university clients, um, and they've said we've actually got the same problem here. We we get public funding, and we have such amazing work going on in the organisation, but we can't seem to capture the impact of that or show where that funding is going. So it's not just competitors, I guess, that are sort of eyeing up the Kevry solution. It's also other sectors, not just higher education. So I think as a long-term vision, we are sort of taking that very, very seriously and looking also into CSR, so corporate social responsibility, not just ASR, and ESGs and SDGs, um, for those who don't know, is Sustainable Development Goals, the, the 17 of them, um, that our software also tracks. So we're sort of widening the scope a bit because I think 
social impact is definitely a growing trend. So when I was at Collision, a lot of the startups there, their first thing was to say, you know, this is our social impact, not how much money we're going to make or our audience, what what impact we're making on society as the global challenges grow and the, the climate change and the biodiversity loss. You know, it's a very serious topic. And I think as Kevin, we take that so seriously now and um, ingrain that into our software as well. Definitely. I think I, I, when I was doing my undergrad as well, I just noticed like all of my peers, everyone, everyone my age and kind of the, the near generations are just, there's so much more of a focus on student activism, social activism, climate change. You know, people want to be involved in this. And what's been really nice actually is that, that we've seen how our solution has evolved from at the beginning, you know, the incentive was we can help you get some public funding by recording these data points. But actually now a lot more universities are coming to us and saying, you know, the public funding, yes, that's that's important. But actually, we really just want to show the story of this project that we're doing or um, we don't know how to sh- uh, showcase this project. How can we and how can we show off what impact we've created and it's just growing and growing and growing the amount of universities that are more focused on that aspect than the the money um obviously the, the the money facilitates a lot of these things a lot of the time but when there's not money going through the financial system or if there's just projects that had no financial record at all that doesn't mean they're not impactful. So we're kind of doing both sides and just making sure that even the smaller projects that actually had huge outreach and huge impact are still being recorded as well. Yeah, and that, that's an attitude which reflects the, the labour market today. It's not just about how much you're going to earn when you go into your graduate job or your, your next job. It's also what social impact that you're making within your within your work. So you're very much at the forefront of that it's your, with Kevry and with your philosophy, which is which is in vogue and, and, and so important. N- Natalie, I'm going to come to you as chief exec. I'm really interested about what's coming next because you've made huge momentum within the first year. We are really looking forward, of course, to working with you next month in October in Northumbria to to track the activity that we're doing and drawing upon your services. But um, there must be a vision. What What's the what's the next year hold for, for Kevry moving forward? Um, so I think, you know, this first year has really been about building our team, building our brand, um, listening to the customers and ultimately, you know, building social capital. So, you know, having traction and being able to demonstrate that there's a need for this product. Um, but I think what's coming next is, you know, we're looking at very innovative ways um, to sort of save more time and hours for institutions to make things easier and we're really implementing, you know, different technology and sort of sprinkling in different elements of AI so that we can really refine um, the purpose driven organisations. And ultimately, you know, our, our bigger goal is to bring the people together that can make the change. So that's connecting people within academia to academia, but also connecting people within academia to the outside world and just really breaking down those barriers and trying to bring that research to life um, in, in a better format. So, yeah, we're currently going out for investment. Um, we're, we're just currently building what we need to and prepping for our trip to Slush in November so for those of you that don't know, Slush is like one of the biggest um, 
investor events and it's just it's huge there's thousands of investors there there's you know many startup ceos founders and everybody just looking to really share their story demonstrate what they've been able to achieve and yeah for us we're, we're ready to work with an angel investor um, we're, we're looking for people with you know real good experience within the sector and people that have a passion for sort of social and impact investment so yeah, we, we have a lot on the table. Um, I don't want to give everything away. Um, but yeah, we, we have a plan. <laughs> well, it's it's an exciting plan. And, and it sounds, it's, it's interesting as well that um, a number of our listeners and a number of the people who we're working with in our network at Northumbria have always talked about that, that next bold step about getting investment. And there's a bit of a difference, isn't there, between going down the route of a venture capitalist or, a, or an angel investor. Um what draws you to an angel, a business angel? Is that is that their experience, their networks? Is that something you could see that would really benefit Kevry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, we've been looking at some angel investors, we've been having some conversations. And I think for the level of investment and where we want to go, we really want somebody um, with, you know, that that engagement with Kevry and really sort of progress with us to that next level. If they have contacts within the space or, you know, they have experience with the technology that we're ultimately putting together, I think it's just much more hands-on and, you know, in general as a team, we are very hands-on. So just having that expertise on the journey with us, would it would just be fantastic and much beneficial than if we were to just have, you know, some money sort of thrown at us and off you go, you know, we, we really want, um, we want to do this the right way. And yeah, an angel investor makes sense. It's really exciting. I was going to think, and when will you know, when will you know if, um, if you've got, um, if you've got interest, where, your, your attend- where is Slush? Where's it been held? In Finland in November. <laughs> Oh, in Finland, of course, be, more travelling, fantastic. So you're in... <laughs> yeah, minus 15 degrees. I don't think Nat's very happy about it. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a summer girl, but... Well, I think cold weather might prompt a really rapid conversation. You might get to an outcome quicker than normal. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. Brilliant, yeah. 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 <laughs> the process is kind of, it's kind of a lengthy process. Obviously, you you want to do it right um we've you know we've already been kind of welcoming those type conversations now but you know we're we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it until it feels right I guess so I I, you know you don't you just don't really know the timeline I guess (laughs) no no well we wish you we wish you the very best with it and I think the 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 journey that you've been on and the the success you've had in your first year has been outstanding I think it's exciting to see what's coming with Kevry next I think it will be uh I think there will be a lot going on in the next 12 months and a lot uh, and a lot of that momentum I'm sure will lead to successes so it's uh it's an exciting period and of course we wish you all the best. As you know, the podcast is is all about why small business matters. But in your opinions, why is small business so important? They do things differently. Um, you know, often smaller businesses are more agile. Um, that they're able to get different results because they're not run by large, complex organisations. Um, they bring very unique perspectives, very unique founders as well. And I think these small businesses can really make a difference, especially in very niche areas as well. I think for me, it's the people that sit behind these small businesses. I, I think when when you're within them, that you're you're really good at kind of it. Just kind of oh, what am I trying to say? It harbors sort of problem solving and creativity because you're working within these small businesses that can move and adapt to different 
different ways of doing things, different problems that come up. Um, so yeah, I love the kind of people that it attracts and it has within. Yeah, um, being part of a small business like Kevry, I think we act more of a family unit than um, just colleagues as well. So I think we're not afraid to hurt each other's feelings. And I think with that, we can make really um, good good decision making and, you know, detrimental problems can be solved very quickly without hurting each other's feelings, basically. Thank you to today's guests, Corin, Emily and Natalie. To find out how Northumbria University can help your business, head online to northumbria.ac.uk forward slash help to grow, where you can find out more about the Help to Grow management programme and the broader support the university offers to small businesses. Don't forget to check out previous episodes on the podcast series and we will catch you next time on Why Small Business Matters.